Welcome to Prosecco and Prose, episode 37. This week's Prosecco is Clara C. Fiore di Prosecco Rosé. This week's prose is The Count and the Wedding Guest by O. Henry. Thank you for joining us for an episode of Prosecco and Prose. I'm Amy. And I'm Wendy. We're a deep dive virtual book club. That's kind of like a quiz-free lit class you never knew you needed. So let's pop pop a cork for this week's episode of Prosecco and Prose. For those who are listening in the car, please don't drink and drive. Save the bubbly for later. This is our last short story of the season. Yeah, we only did three this season. Well, we're about to do a whole season of short stories, so we'll make up for it. Just giving our friends a little teaser for our upcoming Season 5. Just a short teaser. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's not completely digress before we've even gotten started. (laughs) Yeah, let's not. So our Prosecco today is this very, very regal-looking labeled Clarice Fiore di Prosecco Rosé. I'm getting really good at this. You are getting very good at this. Um, this was one of the first ones we paired, right? Remember? Yes, because yes. we actually already knew this story mm-hmm. and we just kind of felt like this crest on the front looked very count-like, shall we say? I mean, it made us think of a, like a coat of arms or something like that. Exactly. I think that's what we said. Yeah. So we have again, another bottle with very little info on it. Mm. Maybe we're the only nerds who read bottles. <laughs> I highly doubt that. I'm, I'm agreeing that we're nerds, but I highly doubt we're the only ones that read them. But we do have, it's, we have a DOC, a Brute. Oh, a Brute. It should be a Ooh, bit drier. Yeah, we like exciting. that. 11% and that's about it. The bottle is really pretty though. It is really pretty. Yeah. So we have another one at $14.99. Yeah, that's I mean, they a- just keep them right under 15 They do. You know, it's, you're getting <laughs> a little bit cheaper. But that's we, right. We got it from Whole Foods, mm-hmm. and it's not yet rated on our trusty Vivino app. Maybe we should be the first. You read my mind, but mm. we are going in blind. Yes. Yes, we are. So we could be tasting the next award-winning Prosecco. Or not. <laughs> you know how I am. I I'm know. quite reserved about it, but yeah. You're like Debbie Downer. Your glass is like <laughs> half empty. I'm a Prosecco pooper. Mm, poopy pants. <laughs> well, anyways, it's pretty and it's Prosecco. Mm. So I'm going to think positively. I mean, my glass is more than half full. That's because I poured it. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we should get to trying so we can see. You know, there wasn't a lot of mousse. Mm-mm. You know, the bubbles on the pour. Mm-mm. And I only have a few bubbles in the glass. I mean, there's bubbles, but not a lot. They're kind of sparse. I've got a couple streams in the glass. So you have um, more than I do. I do have more than you, and, and they're very fine. What is that? When I hand wash these things. I don't know. Maybe it's the power of the energy. Look at how they're really fine on this side, and there's like a big, one big fat stream coming up here. Maybe it's just my attitude. Maybe. But it isn't super bubbly in appearance, I wouldn't say. But the color is so pretty. It's this rosy, rosy pink. Oh, yeah. Definitely rosier in color this time. More pink than orange, unlike, you know, the last couple. Mm -hmm. It kind of reminds me of, let me pull it out here. Look at my affirmation planner. Ooh, hold it up next to it. From Aldi. Oh, yeah. If I can't journal, I affirm. <laughs> I just love Aldi. So many fun finds there. You know, that would have gone with our Jules one with the gold and the pink. Yes, it would sure have. It would have. Yeah, I have trouble sticking with journaling too. Maybe I need an affirmation planner. Well, I looked for another one, but they only had one because I would have bought us both one. Well, maybe we can find another one that matches a bottle of Prosecco. Mm, Can't beat a perfect pairing, right? Mm -mm. 
So what are you getting for an aroma this time? I mean, last bottle, it was such a struggle. They kind of have been these roses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a bit fruity. Well, I don't, is that how I want to say it? It's a fruity smell or it's a bit fruity? I don't know. And there's a little yeast as well. Mm. It's not as strong as the jewels, you know, the pretty one that would match your affirmation planner perfectly, but yeah. it's there. Yeah. There's definitely yeast in this one. Mm-hmm. And I would say fruity smelling. Yeah. Fruity smelling. I can't really pick out any specific berries though. Not yet. No, I can't either. There's something a bit floral about it, you think? Like rose petals? Well, I don't know if I'm getting rose petals, but I feel like if I, you know, the power of persuasion here, if I looked at the color and smelled it, I could trick myself into thinking I'm smelling rose. I'm affirming you to smell rose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, maybe that's it. Yeah. But it's definitely strong in the yeast for sure. Yeah. That's promising to me. I love a yeasty smelling Prosecco. You do too. I do. It's also, you know, kind of got a clean smell. I mean, that might be our code now for I really can't smell anything. (laughs) (laughs) You might be right. Clean smell as an absence of smell, maybe. Maybe. It's just these rosés. I mean, maybe. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Now, I have to say the first thing I notice is it's kind of fizzy in the mouth and there's something fruity about it, like the smell, but nothing specific. Hmm. Now, I'm definitely getting strawberry. Let me try this again. Mm. Ooh, raspberry. There's definitely some raspberry. Maybe it's because I don't have a lot of bubbles in mine. I don't know, but I'm not getting any You're of those not? specifics. It's kind of like, um, hmm. Mm. It's kind of like red fruit jello. And I really, really, really do not like jello. I mean, unless it's in a shot, right? You know, like jello shots? Oh, I love Jello shots. Well, you just said you didn't like Jello. I don't like like Grandma's Jello <laughs> salad. That's not your thing, right? No, and a, Jello has such a weird texture. Mm. I mean, I don't mind. I don't mind this Jello ish flavor here in the Prosecco. So the texture of Prosecco is not so off putting to you, then, right? No, I would say definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> the texture of Jello is off-putting. Oh, that gives me an idea for shots. Prosecco Jello shots. I like. Well, I can make some Jello shots. But I, w- I would agree. I mean, it's very fruity right at the front, and I kind of get your. I can get your red Jello comparison. I know what you mean, though. It's Not like the red, texture. It's like a red drink or something. <laughs> right, right. But I'm gonna say it's. Now that you've said that, it's almost like jam flavored. We're drinking Smuckers. So it's jammy to you a little bit. I mean, not the texture, but the flavor. No, the With flavor, the red yeah. raspberry or the strawberry. I mean, I'm a huge Smuckers fan. Mm. I mean, there's just so much going on in my mouth right now. I'm not. <laughs> um, let me take a drink to that. I don't even know. I hope you don't mean that in a bad way. No, no. Mm. I do see what you're saying, though. It it feels, there's almost like this. I'm going to drink this for breakfast with my toast. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> ick. <laughs> well, it's a yeast and jammy, you said. Yeah. I have to tell you, though, I cannot say I'm getting the brute. It just doesn't seem that dry to me. Oh, you are right. You are right. It says brute. I mean, we'll see. 
is pretty good so far, but definitely truth on the brute. Yeah. I, I don't get the dryness of it, but boy, we're gonna put that in our in our review. In our review on mm-hmm. the vino. But you know, I'm definitely not dumping my glass. I mean, I oh. love brute, but I like this. You got yeah. jello and jam and <laughs> strawberries and raspberries well, all mixed up. Don't forget about your chocolate over there that I bought today. I got oh, you I know. a special I can't wait to surprise. Try it. So I know. We'll talk about that a little bit later. I definitely will not be dumping my note either. Mm. I can oh, assure I'm you of that. Glad. Uh, yeah, because, you know, your carpet would suffer. <laughs> Got to keep the carpet clean. Now, our author today really needs no introduction. Oh, oh Henry. Oh, Henry. Yeah. No, the notorious W. Wickety, wickety, whack. SP. He did go to jail for embezzlement. <laughs> <laughs> but not before he went on the lamb. No, not before he did that. And if you want a fun history of his criminal past, check out Stuff You Missed in History Class podcast. Yeah. It's tongue twister. Yeah. <laughs> so hosts Holly and Tracy cover all things O'Henry you could possibly want to know. It's just so much more entertaining than how you might have remembered history class. I mean, at least for me. Well, I had an amazing history teacher, but Ugh. they are good. Now, I remember one of my history teachers used to comb his chest hair in class. You are- Oh, he was so gross. I mean, he was so yuck. That is disgusting. But I won't go there. You just did. <laughs> You just did. But I mean, I won't expand on that. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> Even though we all, every single one of us now has a visual of- Oh, and he was so hairy, even as- Oh, you can't help yourself. I wish I remembered his name. But you know, the two of us, being two history buffs- Yep. Loved the fun facts sprinkled throughout the episode. Like that he memorized a dictionary. Made his own absinthe. Oh, I remember, I think I remember like he would court women for story inspo. Yeah, they did say that. Yeah. And for a time, he, I think they said he was writing one short story a day. And here, you and I, we can't even stick with a journal entry for a day. (laughs) Guess we aren't up to the O. Henry standards. I would say not. Plus, he didn't have an Instagram and podcast to edit. (laughs) He didn't. (laughs) I'm just impressed that between his courting, memorizing, and distilling, he even had time to write. Well, I guess I digress. He's the ultimate multitasker. I would say so. But if you guys really, you know, if you want to know all about O'Henry's criminal past, check these ladies out. For sure. Yeah. Stuff You Missed in History Class podcast. It's really fun. It's informative. Amy's going to link that specific episode in our show notes, but they have loads of others. So check them out. Oh, you betcha. We'll do. So these ladies have loads of other episodes. I mean, whatever history you want to learn, it's there. Yeah, they got, it's tons. And I'm sure they take requests. We do. (laughs) Right, why not? Wendy, did you see the Hemingway one or did you listen to that episode yet? I haven't listened to that one, no. Oh my God, did you know Hemingway had a brother? No. Yep, he did. (laughs) I mean, just fun facts. Yeah, that is fun facts. I enjoyed the one on the invention of... Aspirin. Oh, that would be good. Oh, you know, for when you have a Prosecco hangover. That doesn't happen, does it? One time. (laughs) One time. (laughs) I admit to nothing. (laughs) But you might like this one because I didn't see those that you listened to. I saw the aspirin one. I didn't even notice the Hemingway one. But this one you're going to love. They did it just earlier this year on Peter Roger and his thesaurus. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. You know, basically what they do is they go down rabbit hole after rabbit hole. 
Ooh, they're kind of like us. <laughs> they kind of are. Yeah. <laughs> I just love these rabbit holes. Oh, I do too. I do too. So guys, it's Stuff You Missed in History Class. Check them out. Yeah, definitely. So O'Henry was a very prolific American short story writer. He's known for his surprise endings, dubbed the O'Henry Twist, and witty narration. We saw that for sure. Yes. The O'Henry Award, named after him, is awarded to Outstanding Short Stories. His most famous short story, The Gift of the Magi, is one of your very favorite short stories, right, Amy? It is. It is. Now, in his day, he was called the answer to one of my favorite authors. I think it's Guy D. Maupassant, but it looks like Guy D. Maupassant. Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard it both ways. Who knows? I'm American, so what? <laughs> whatevs. I mean, those guys both wrote such plot-twisting endings, you mm-hmm. know? I just love those little stingers. And as a lover of pen names, mm. you know we had to get to the bottom of O. Henry's. Oh, we tried anyway. <laughs> we did. So there are several stories of how William Sidney Porter, you know, our notorious W. Wickedy, wickedy, wick! SP <laughs> became O. Henry. I just had a stretch. Sorry. I see that. Some say he got it from when he was in prison, after a prison guard, Mm -hmm. or a French pharmacist, or it's a construct of the first two letters of Ohio, and the second two, and the last two of the word penitentiary. That's your favorite word. Well, no, it's Kristen's. (laughs) That's right. It was Kristen's favorite word. (laughs) (laughs) There's also a rumor that the name came from, get this, a girlfriend's cat. But the story is... It was the polite way to excuse himself to the toilet, saying, I'm going to go take an O'Henry. Stop it. Just no. kidding. Just kidding. I, was, <laughs> I just threw that in. <laughs> I was like, I did some research. Where did you get this? <laughs> but okay. for real. But for real. <laughs> okay. <laughs> O'Henry gave an interview in 1909 to the New York Times and said this. He wanted to send some of his writing stuff out, but he wasn't sure of its quality. That's what I would do, too. I mean, because, you know, crazy Amy. I wouldn't want anybody to know it was me if it was really crap. (laughs) But so he wanted, like, um, he wanted this literary alias to send it under. Okay. So he asked a friend for help, and I would ask you. Oh, I'd give you a And I did ask you, and that's how we came up with Chloe Lamarca. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But this friend told him to look into the newspaper and pick one from a list of notables. All right, proper name. Exactly. They found an article of like a fashion ball, and when Porter found the name Henry, said it would do as his last name. Then he said he wanted a short first name, and the friend suggested just like a plain initial letter. Hmm, that's short. So Porter said, oh, oh, oh. (laughs) I highly doubt Porter said that, but go ahead. Oh, is the easiest letter written, and there he had it, his pen name, O. Dot Henry. Yes, not an apostrophe. I see a lot of people writing yes. it like that. It's O dot yes. Henry. And we did go down that rabbit hole. Oh, and that, oh, and that oh. it's. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> we also found that he used other pen names, but O Henry got the most attention. Yes, yes. Very important to pick a good pen name, Chloe. Or a good Prosecco one, Juliana. That goes without saying. Mm. Now, this short story, The Count and the Wedding Guest, is found in O'Henry's 1907 collection, The Trimmed Lamp, which is a collection of 25 short stories. And there are several versions of the story. (laughs) I mean, we found three different ones ourselves. Just a few additional details are found in the versions. 
Yeah, the one I the found. The ones that we had. Right. Yeah. yeah, the one I found was quite stripped down, but you found a print and audio version. Loads of audio versions yeah, out there. there. You can just Google it and YouTube will come up with a ton of them. I and found. podcast ones where they're reading them. Right. Yeah. If Audible is your go-to. Yeah, you and my niece have really gotten me into Audible books. I love them for my long runs. You do the runs and I'll take them on long walks. <laughs> now, The Count and the Wedding Guest is a very quick read or listen. It's only about five to six pages, depending on your version. So, Mr. Andy Donovan and Miss Maggie Conway are boarders at the boarding house where they met at dinner one evening. At first, they seem to be quite dismissive of each other. Quite. Didn't Miss uh, Boarding House Lady set them up? I think so. I Mrs. Think Scott. Mrs. I have my Scott. thoughts on her, but I'll let you know those later <laughs> on. But then, a couple weeks later... Andy is out on the front stoop enjoying a cigar. Hmm. I had visions of Rafino and Josh oh, smoking yeah. cigars when I read that. Goodness. But Miss Conway steps out in a black dress and literally turns Andy's head. He catches the sadness in Miss Conway's eyes and countenance and wonders whether she has lost a relative. Not wanting to burden Andy with her grief... Miss Conway demurs, and the two of them go for a walk as a way to cheer her up. Of course. It's revealed that Miss Conway's fiancé, a count, has died in an unfortunate accident abroad. Then Miss Conway shows Andy his picture in her locket. And the framed picture she keeps in her room. Andy, now quite taken with the morning Miss Conway, begins to court her, and after a month... The two are engaged. That was quick. Oh, that was really quick. I know. Little shotgun wedding over there, but so one evening while they're out, Andy is in quite a mood. Oh yeah. And Maggie questions him on it, wondering if he has another girl he'd prefer to be with mm -hmm. rather than her. Andy says, No, that's not it. But rather a dear, influential friend of his. Big Mike Sullivan <laughs> would like an invitation to the wedding, and he shan't give him one. No. Mm. Now, Maggie says to go ahead and invite him if it's such a big deal. Didn't she say if, if he's the mustard? <laughs> Which, I love mustard. I prefer it over ketchup, so I'm like, that's or perfect. Or mayo. Mm. Andy says he can't, and to not press him any further. Like, leave me alone, woman. Right. But he asks her if she loves him. Andy, as much as she loved the Count. Oh, cue the drama, right? Right. Maggie bursts into tears and admits <laughs> there was no Count, but she looked so good in black. We all know our color, don't we? Yeah. But she made up the story so she could wear black and catch Andy's eye. And the spoiler alert, here's the surprise <laughs> witty ending. Andy, rather than upset at Maggie for her deception, her lie, I mean, that's a huge lie. He lets her know that it was Big Mike Sullivan's picture that she's been wearing around her neck. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> now, I'm going to admit something, and I know you're going to be amused by this, but I did not realize until about a fourth reading that the Count and the Wedding Guest were one and the same. Wait. <laughs> what? Yeah. First and foremost, you read the thing four times. Well, Yay! Okay. <laughs> it's a short story. I read them multiple times. You did not know the two were the same? I mean, are you kidding me? How did you miss that detail? I don't That's know. That's not even funny to me. <laughs> I don't know. You thought I would laugh? Maybe Maybe I wasn't actually reading. That could be it. I'm really disappointed in you. I know. I shouldn't have even admitted it, but I did. And then I felt like 
<laughs> to me, the funny part is I felt like I had such an epiphany moment or I learned it. Why did you not tell me this ahead of time? <laughs> I mean, because usually I'm the one that doesn't know what's going on. I know. I I just wanted to but, say I mean, it. That's, that's just the wit of O'Henry. I mean, it's because maybe it's, I, I've read him a lot mm-hmm. in the past, especially when I was teaching in middle school. I do wish you would just put him on your daily calendar. I can't even journal daily. Well, maybe I need to buy you an affirmation calendar book. I'm open to presents. But you know, oh, Henry can turn anyone's frown upside down if need be. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? I think so. I laughed so hard in this piece. It's well, so there's just, funny. There's, yeah, funny asides, just funny little Ugh. details. Yeah. Well, let's get to our tropes. So, guys, we found a few. Oh, we did. And a few of those are quite a stretch. <laughs> Please feel free to let us know if you think we took too many liberties. <laughs> We're getting a little bold. <laughs> <laughs> or you can let us know if we flat out missed some you think we should have found. Oh, exactly. They may just want to drop us a quick rating or a review. Ooh, Yes. We'd love. I always got to find time to put that in there. Yeah, we got to we got to plug ourselves. We would love and appreciate that. It's super easy. Mm-hmm. You can do it on Apple, you can now do it on Spotify. So, yeah, if you're feeling the urge, rate and review us. Rate and review. Thanks in advance. Yep. So, I'm going to start with um with one of the tropes. It's a bit of a stretch. All right, what do you got? Okay. <laughs> So I'm going with secrets and lies. I mean, we do have secrets yeah. and lies on the part of Miss Conway, right? Mm-hmm. But Andy, Andy could be hiding something as well, maybe. He could. It's just, and we, I mean, I know you know this, the secret or lie causes the relationship to falter right. and maybe even break it up. Right. But for this story, it's actually the reason for the for the relationship. Yes, like it brings I them agree. together. Yeah. But I'm trying to stretch it. I know. Well, here's another one that's a bit of a stretch. Forced proximity. <laughs> oh. I mean, the two of them are living in the same boarding house, taking their meals True. together. It wasn't like in, um, what was the last one we did, the forced proximity? Oh, the um, hating game. The hating game where they were right across from each other. But, you know, yeah. they were taking their meals together. Yeah. Sure. I can see that. And that's a good one. Now, one I really like is... The makeover. Makeover. Yeah. Andy meets Miss Conway in her drab brown dress initially, remember, at the dinner Mm -hmm. table. And she knows black looks good on her. So she invents a fiancé that she kills off so she can make herself (laughs) over in her mourning (laughs) costume. And in this costume, she catches Andy's eye. <laughs> that is I'm a very dramatic good, yeah, today. Yeah, you are. That's a good I one took my too, meds. though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a good one, though. Yeah. I mean, she, yeah, she knows. Doesn't she say in the story, and you know I look good in black? <laughs> <laughs> we all do. I didn't even think of that. That's good. Um, how about maybe Secret Admirer? Because just think, at the end, Miss Conway says she only ever liked Andy. So she She was, did. Yeah. She did. So I'm going to take your secret admirer and raise you a hidden identity since Miss Conway takes on the false persona of a woman in mourning hmm. to play into Andy's sympathies. If we're talking poker. Right, didn't we have fun the other night playing poker? Oh, we so did. Gosh, I can throw a party. <laughs> you are the hostess for the most. Mm. Hands down, guys. 
But I'm going to say I have a royal flush with these last two go hand in hand, and they are our strongest. We know these. Fake engagement, right? Yes. We talked about that one. And grieving lover. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I just, sorry, I didn't mean to tangent like that. I just (laughs) had poker on the mind. I know. It was such a good time. All this fake talking, because Mm -hmm. I totally can fake out at poker. But, you know, O. Henry put a little twist on our fake engagement here. I mean, rather than the couple faking their engagement, Conway fakes an engagement to get the man she wanted all along. And our poor, susceptible Andy falls for her grieving shtick. Did you just say shtick? Shtick. Shtick's a good word. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, although he does know pretty quick that it's a, as you would say, shtick. Shtick. <laughs> he does. <laughs> but her act, her shtick, provides him with the opportunity to be in her company, which, you know, he seems to enjoy that. I mean, and that's both their secret and lie to each other. Maybe that one's a twist on the trope, like her fake engagement. Ooh. Yeah, maybe. Interesting. Gosh, I just love myself sometimes. <laughs> I love you all the time. But <laughs> So let's see how this one lined up with Oliver Fox's article, The Four Pillars of Romance. I'm sure you linked it, right? I did. Pillar one, the couple, lover and beloved. So do we have that? Let's see. Now, I did feel that Andy and Maggie were interchangeable as a lover and as the beloved. Hmm. Though Maggie did take the lead initially. I mean, she took the lead initially with her whole fake engagement story. (laughs) Well, that plain brown dress wasn't attracting any suitors, so. I mean, she looked like a big old Henry bar. (laughs) And and we did learn that 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 bar or him are not named after each other. No relation. So she put on this mourning costume, her boo-hoo-hoo costume. She looked good in it. And she glanced across the street and gave her heavy Instagram looking away look. (laughs) I've got a whole scene playing out here, guys. But she sure did. She's been waiting for that moment. You know, my son has the best looking away look. I bet Rafino does too. (laughs) Maybe I can ask him. I'll see. No more asides, Amy. Let's move on. Okay. Well, speaking of asides, I mean, we had an aside from the nameless narrator on how to Woo a man. Oh, yeah. Those aside, I loved those. Those <laughs> they, were good. They were they so good? funny. Yeah. So funny. It's just a witty narrative. Yeah, very. Yeah. So our, you know, what, our why and how, which thinking about this really puts Maggie in the lover seat. She wants a man. Because she's lonely in New York. Yes. Or maybe she doesn't want to end up as a candy store spinster selling O'Henry bars. Amy. What? Maybe she doesn't. <laughs> Do you lie awake thinking of little one-liners you can throw at me? Like <laughs> writing them down on a note card or something? <laughs> no, I don't lie awake. The drama in here, guys. The drama. No, I mean, I'm up at the crack of dawn plotting while you're still asleep like a princess. Hence, while Rafino's making you tea and those little crumpet biscuits you... Hence why my phone is on mm. silent till nine. And I... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I don't doubt it. (laughs) Maggie's how, her plan, is to invent a fiancé, a count no less. Mm. I mean, she's not just going to have any old fiancé, right? Who will suddenly pass away and she can wear black, which she looks good in, and thus catch Andy's eye. 
And Andy will love her more because men love women in black, especially if they have to heal their dark souls. It's a plan. She's got a plan. It is. And we have a true pillar one. Check. So let's move on to pillar two, the obstacles, rivals, taboos, and loved ones. Oh, Maggie, my. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, what? I've hardly drank anything. I know. I'm just in top form. You are in top form. So I kind of feel like there's no rivals here unless, unless, hear me out, you want to count our deceased count and as he's <laughs> part of the plan, he can't really make him a rival, can we? But we do have a lie though. We yeah. have a lie. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's definitely an obstacle, yeah. though we only truly see it as an obstacle towards the end. I mean, when we learn from Maggie that there was no count and that Andy knew all along as the picture in her locket was, you know, the well-known Big Mike, mm-hmm. just kind of made me think of like a Rudy Giuliani or a Bill de Blasio or, you know, some of those New Yorkers because this was based in New York. Yeah. But, you know, Maggie didn't know Big Mike. as she, she, she was new in New York. The only obstacle for Andy was that he just wanted her to come clean before the wedding, which we learn, you know. Maybe the picture isn't even of this Big Mike guy. Maybe it's just a random picture Andy recognized and he concocted his own story to get the truth out of her when he realized she was new in town. You said he might be hiding something. Yeah. But I bet she found like one of those picture frames they have at Target or Dollar Tree, (laughs) you know, those ones that they put those hunks of burning love in. I mean, we put Prosecco and Pro's pictures in picture frames. We do. In stores. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Wendy's looking at me, shaking her head. Don't tell people that. No, why not? It's free advertising. It's shenanigans. And I told her, I'll I'll go to jail for that. She won't. She'll run. She'd leave me. I will run. I'm a good girl. But I mean, you know, talking about those picture frames, that's basically what Maggie did. (laughs) It is. I mean, I think we can say Maggie. She said she went to a photograph shop and she bought the photograph and then had it made into a locket. So yeah, that's what she did. He he just kind of came across as the big man of the town. You know, the (laughs) big mafia man. But I think we can say that Maggie felt her brown dress was an obstacle. Mm. I mean, she wasn't noticeable enough in it. Yeah, or Andy, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's why she needed to invent a reason to wear black. So there were a couple taboos we found. Um, they were mostly of the time period. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was kind of nearing the age of when women were considered a spinster <gasps> and deemed too old and cobwebby to marry. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I mean, had to be something wrong with them if they weren't married off by a certain age. Yeah. And We have Maggie lamenting about the other girls having men to love them. Yes. So if she isn't already betrothed to someone, then she's just a spinster, like you were saying. Right. And, you know, she says she didn't have anyone to love her. So during that time, like women were dependent on men, right? Mm -hmm. And I doubt her candy store career would give her a (laughs) really good life. I want to know how she afforded crepe de chine on a lollipop salary. She was making a calculated investment (laughs) in purchasing that dress. She sure was. I mean, it was two weeks. She saw Andy at dinner. Mm, Black is my color. Taboos often refer to social standing Mm -hmm. and characters crossing them. Right. So I thought it telling she like made her fake fiance account. Yeah. I mean, I felt like 
That was to let Andy know what her father approved of when it came to courting her. Right. Raise the stakes. Yeah, totally raises the stakes. I mean, it turns department store Danny into an upper crust count. Mm, or Dollar Tree Danny. <laughs> or. <laughs> but, it, you know, it makes Miss Maggie seem bigger in reality. Mm-hmm. Andy'd really have to woo her if she were to want him forever. Oh, Andy's got to put some time in. Mm-hmm. Right? I think we can say we've got a pillar two. Yeah. You know, we I have think some so. taboos and stuff. So on to pillar three, the romantic arc. And this is the winning and losing and winning back again. So these two meet cute over dinner at the boarding house, <laughs> which Andy's not overly impressed with her in their brown dress and all. <laughs> like she just stuffed her head into her plate. She said his name or something. And, <laughs> well, yeah, but I also got the impression that she didn't respond to him well, and he's just starting this job, and his personality brings people to him, you know. Hmm. But, you know, it's kind of clear that Maggie fell for him because now she has devised her plan. And we get this, we talked a little bit about asides, mm-hmm. this great aside from the story. And I, if you don't mind, I want to read it because mm-hmm. it was just so I want to know which one you're going to read, so go ahead. So it says, Now girls, if you want to observe a young man hustle out after a pick and shovel, just tell him that your heart is in some other fellow's grave. Young men are grave robbers by nature. Ask any widow. Something must be done to restore that missing organ to weeping angels in crepe de chien. Dead men certainly get the worst of it from all sides. <laughs> Yeah. How did I do? That was good. (laughs) I just wonder if O'Henry picked that up when he was like courting women for story ideas and got himself a bit sucked in, kind of with his candy store Karen. Oh. Or was Connie Karen? Connie Karen. Candy store Connie? Candy store. It was Maggie. (laughs) (laughs) Make her sound like a little, uh, Mm. uh, you know, one of those women that just... uh, well, a Connie during that time was a plain Jane. We got Karens that are plain Janes. Mm-hmm. Maggie was a plain Jane. She was a plain Jane. Yeah. She was. Yeah. As far as O'Henry, that's definitely possible. Getting his ideas. He said, that's what he did. He said he courted women to get ideas, right? Right. So Maggie shows up on the porch. She's all beautiful in her morning. <laughs> and now Andy takes notice. Right. This is where Andy takes on the lover role and begins to pursue her, the lover and be loved in a kind yeah. of role reversal here. He has to heal Maggie's broken heart. He has to. He's got to get her to smile and laugh and, of course, love again. And she wins him over with mm. her beauty and sad tale. And he wins her over by spending time with her mm. and they grow closer. I'm so thirsty. All <laughs> this talking. All this talking, I know. But you know, then the lie is exposed, yep. but it doesn't tear him apart. To me, that would be a ending. Right. But ding, you know, ding, it ding. does bring him closer and closer. I think Maggie taking the chance of losing Andy by exposing her lie showed she had some morality or integrity. And Andy has known all along. Mm. We learn, right? We learn at the end. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't help but wonder why he didn't say anything about it sooner. Maybe he was as insecure as she was. He'd really grown to like her. I mean, maybe he feels sorry for her. 
Or maybe he's just so happy she told the truth that he keeps his line Maggie around. That's a bit harsh. Mmm, it's the stuff country songs are made of, my girl. Not really my genre of music, but whatever the I reason, know. these two lovebirds seem to be destined to be together. I think we've got a pillar three. Mm-hmm. Checkity, check, check, right? Right. And, you know, I do kind of feel like they're going to stick it out. Don't you? Yeah, we didn't get an epilogue, so. No. So let's move on to pillar four. The lover's sacrifice. Lover's sacrifice. Well, maybe, I don't know. This was a little tough one for me, I guess. Andy could be looked at as he's sacrificed by biting his tongue when he first saw the locket. Like we see this internal thing kind of happening, but we don't know what it is. Maybe he wanted to see where things would go. And like I said earlier, he did seem to enjoy Maggie's company. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. But for me, I saw it a bit differently. I mean, oh. I think Maggie wasn't willing to sacrifice her life on a lie. Mm. I mean, she came through for me personally as the character I wanted her to be. After she came clean, I mean, it just seems their love was strong enough, apparently, for them to achieve their goal. Well, that is where we are left, right? Right. Feeling as if the wedding will go off. And to go back, you know, back to what you said, I wondered too why Andy allowed her to lie in the beginning. I don't know. Maybe maybe he liked the illusion of, you know, helping a grieving widow. He liked the part of the lie he was keeping up, you know? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'm thinking he's saving his big one for the future. His big one? His big lie? Yes. When he has an extramarital (laughs) affair with Big Mike's wife. Oh my gosh. Big Mike's daughter. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe he's been meeting with, get this, this is, this ran through my mind the entire story, second, third, fourth time I read it. I think he's been meeting Miss Scott in the cellar for a nightly bottle of Prosecco. Amy. You never know. (laughs) Your mind. Big Mike You never know. (laughs) That's true. For me, Big Mike might not even be real. I want to see if he shows up at the wedding. I think we need to follow up on this couple. Yeah. Maybe we could do a retelling or finish the story for O'Henry. I'll leave that to you. We can write his epilogue. (laughs) Since we do have a pillar four, I think we need to wrap up. (laughs) (laughs) Probably a good plan. So we definitely had a tropey little romance in this short. Definitely. We did. definitely covered the pillars. Yep. And some humor. Oh. We like that. Tons of humor. I really, really liked it. Especially, especially because of the twist. Oh, I think you're right. I might need to read. I I thought I'd read a lot of O'Henry, but I'm thinking now, really, that wasn't a lot in my studies. But I see you've been now tipping it back. So Mm. what did you think of our Clara C. Prosecco Rosé? We definitely, in the last few minutes, got down to the bottom of the bottle. (laughs) (laughs) We did. I mean, I like this one. I never got any apple, you know, and for a brute, didn't have much of a bite on it. You know, you you would expect a bite right. with a brute. I mean, it's just a simple Prosecco rosé. I agree with all that. Excellent. Excellently stated, my mm. friend. I also expected it to have more of a bite for a brute. We were yes. kind of excited about that. Yes. Because we love a brute. Although... I don't know how we missed <laughs> this in all of our discussion, but it went so, so good. So Amy bought this. Um, what? It's, let me see the label again, Amy. So it's this strawberry champagne dark chocolate. And it's got like these... Pink label. It says silly on it. Yeah. It's got like these popping things in it. Where did you get it from? Aldi. 
like I said earlier, is like a one-stop shop. Didn't you feel like there was perlage in the chocolate? Yeah, it was like this popping sensation while chewing. Oh, it was just, it was so good, guys. I mean, it really brought out the strawberry and for me, the raspberry and the Prosecco. It did. I got some strawberry and maybe just a hint of raspberry with that, so thank you. I think this um, Clarice, though, might also go good with a more pungent cheese. I think it would kind of balance it out maybe. Yeah, I agree. But even a mild cheese and crackers would be good with this one. Oh, yeah. I just feel like, I feel like this Prosecco has a lot of flexibility to go with a lot of different things. Kind of like an O'Henry story. Sure. And you know, I also wanted to mention, I think this would be like a really good starter Prosecco Rosé. You know, it's not like not too sweet. It's not too dry. Um, I'm not really getting the brute on the label. We're stuck on that. I, I just can't get over this. But I mean, that's just me. No, I totally agree with you on that. We keep coming back to it. This is a nice, simple... Easy drinking Prosecco Rosé. Yeah. What's your rating? Well, I'm going to go high. Even though it's not a brute. No, because it's not what I expected. But like I said, it's it's a good starter. Mm-hmm. For people who want to get started with it, I'm going to give this thing a 4.0. Really? Yeah. I really like it. I mean, I would definitely recommend this to somebody who just isn't sure. I mean, or what just about, wants to try it, yeah. Right. What about you, Miss Hard to Please? You just gave me this look like four point oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm. <laughs> uh oh. I'm giving it a three point six. Well, that's higher than what I thought you were gonna say. <laughs> I just like mine drier, with more bite, with more flavor. I think it's because you expected it. Maybe so with a brute, yeah. Maybe still, that's why. That's what I'm saying, though. We can't get over this. We got to get over <laughs> ourselves. I would recommend this one, though, like you. I maybe wouldn't buy it because I think for the cost and the taste, I, I just prefer Kirkland's Prosecco Rosé. Well, yeah, that's our favorite. <laughs> Might have to go back and re-rate that one. We should do that in the epilogue. Don't forget. I won't. I'll write it in my affirmation planner. Good plan. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in two weeks with Homefront by Kristen Hanna, paired with Cecilia Beretta Prosecco Rosé. Cheers. My last gulp. Thanks again for joining us for an episode of Prosecco and Prose. To view the complete show notes for today's episode, visit www.proseccoandprose.com and follow the link to Buzzsprout. Please follow or subscribe. It's free wherever you listen, and you'll be the first to know when new episodes drop. You can even show your support by rating and leaving us a review, which helps other lit lovers discover our show. Feel free to connect with us on our website or any of our social media. I'm Wendy. And I'm Amy, signing off as our bottle of bubbly is now empty. See you for the next episode, and in the meantime, pop a cork and read.